we're going to uh, continue our preaching series through Haggai, which I've, I've really been um, enjoying. Um, Phil's going to take us through the next um, section. Uh, Phil, as many of you will know, one of the other elders of the church, um, and uh, it's going to open God's work. So let's pray for him. Phil, why don't you come up? Uh, let's pray for Phil. Father God, we pray as we spend this time in your words, Lord, would you open our eyes? Lord, would you speak to us by your spirit? Father, we pray for all the things that you have um, spoken through Phil in his preparation as he speaks now. Lord, that that would penetrate our hearts and Lord, we would be humble and open to leaving this place differently to how we arrived. So Lord, speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, friends. It is good to be with you. Um, we, are, we are on our penultimate uh, sermon or preach. Some people have a real problem with when you get that grammatically wrong. We're on our penultimate session uh, this morning looking at the Hope Declared series, working through the book of Haggai. Uh, two things I've learned already this morning. Um, most of us feel hot in the room. I also feel hot in the room. But now I've got this thing on, I can't remove my jumper. <laughs> So that's really bad news. Um, the second thing is I call Haggai Haggai, and apparently the correct way to say it is Haggai. Um, so you'll all forgive me for being sweaty and saying his name wrong. Uh, but we are going to dive in again to what the Word of God says this morning. And as Luke's already prayed, I do just want to pray and say, Oh Lord, would you help me this morning? Would you... Um, would you speak into our hearts? Uh, Lord, <laughs> Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We need you. We absolutely need you. My words on, on their own aren't enough. Um, so, Lord, I pray that as we look at your word, what Scripture says this morning, you would speak into our hearts. Lord, you'd encourage us. You'd correct us. You'd comfort us. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mighty God, we love you. We love you and we welcome you this morning. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Wonderful. Well, if you have a Bible, Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 through to 19. And um, I'm going to read it. It says, it says this. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priests answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so it is with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onwards. Before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, 
How did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the produce of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onwards, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing, but from this day on, I will bless you. Such wonderful words. Um, I love the way that finishes. <laughs> but from this day on, from this day on, I will bless you. So we've looked at, um, there's four speeches through the book of Haggai. Um, we've covered the first, in the first, which happened on the first day of the sixth month. So you can kind of see the trajectory. It all happens in a period of about three and a half months. On the first day of the sixth month, he starts by saying, look at what you're doing. Take a moment and think about it. You're not prioritizing me. The Lord speaks through Haggai and says this. You're totally preoccupied with yourself. And God stirs up their hearts, the hearts of the people, so that they fear him. There's a reverence for the Lord. In the same way, sometimes, you know, if you're a parent or a carer for, for a young child, there's a moment sometimes when you're speaking to them and they think, not because you're mighty and your guns are the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they, go, they look at you as an adult and they think, hold on a minute, you're in charge. You're in charge. And, and, and I think you're here to bless me. So I realise my position, I realise yours. I'm going to listen to you. Maybe in a similar sense. The people heard what the Lord was doing. The Lord graciously stirred up their hearts. So they revered him who is holy. So what happens? They turn away from how they've been living to some extent and they obeyed God. Then speech two comes. And this is on the 21st day of the seventh month. So we're getting closer to what we're looking at today. A little bit, a little bit closer. Haggai encourages the people by the way, at the end of that first month, at the very end of it, they, they start, they get to work again. They get to work on building, prioritising, building the temple. Giving themselves to that which the Lord has called them to. Important stuff. In the second speech, Haggai encourages them. The Lord says, I'm with you. Be encouraged, friends. The Lord says, I'm with you. He also says, don't get stuck looking in the past. We heard that from Tom. Tom uh, wonderfully last week expressed uh, this, this second speech of Haggai, how Haggai is speaking to the people. Don't get, don't get stuck in the past. Some of you are here who, who saw the grandeur, the glory of the first temple, and you knew the Lord filled the temple. But don't get stuck looking into the past, just hoping, I it's not I was with you, it's, it's I am with you. And he says, my spirit is still among you. Oh, wow. Okay. My, st my spirit is still among you. And my house, friends, this is what he said through Haggai, my house is going to get more and more glorious. It was glorious then. Some of you remember it, the, the first temple. Some of you remember it. And you look at what's there now and you think, That's, it's not like the old one. 
It's, it's not as glorious as the old one was. And the Lord says, no, you, you, you're, you're missing the point. <laughs> the glory isn't the temple. The glory is the Lord. And he says, I'm still with you. Not only that, my spirit is still among you. But not only that, I'm going to do something more and more beautiful, more and more glorious. And that's a now thing. That's an encouragement for the people. Speech, speech number two. Now bear in mind, God is speaking through Haggai to a people whose recent history, fairly recent history, is bitter, bitter grief and disappointment and loss and defeat in a, in a way that we cannot fully comprehend. Because we've, we've not come from a context anything like it. Everything that was home to them was ripped from them. They were sent into an in, into, a, into a foreign land, you're going to live here because you've been overthrown, you've been defeated. You've been defeated because the Lord said, if you're not going to follow me, then my judgment's going to come. And you're going to be exiled out of the land that I promised you. But, if, but because you haven't honoured me and lived for me, I'm going to remove my, my blessing from you for a time. And that's what happened. So these people have gone through a lot, a lot of stuff. And it is this people that now hear the words from Haggai as he says, my spirit is among you. This isn't the end. I will give you peace and I will increase and make more and more glorious what I'm doing among you. You need to know that and have that in your hearts. Don't get stuck there. That's what Tom wonderfully said to us last week. Speech three. This is where we are today. The 24th day of the ninth month. That's what we've just read. And Haggai does something a little bit different. The first two speeches addressed as Zerubbabel. The third speech, he says, I want to speak to the, uh, I want to speak to the priests. I want to speak to the priests. Why? We can't fully know. It doesn't fully uh, explain it in the text. But, but the priests were the people who, who um, represented the people before God. The priests were the people who were able to um, offer sacrifices and come to God for the people. And so Haggai says, I need to speak to the priests. Because there's a message. Maybe it wasn't getting, maybe the message that had been delivered to the Zerubbabel wasn't getting uh, um, propagated, wasn't getting delivered to the people in the manner it should have been. We don't know. But he says, I want to speak to the priests because the issue that we need to talk about is really important. Because I've seen my people. I've seen that they've obeyed me, but that's, this isn't a, there's a partial obedience. The whole, the whole package isn't happening. And the Lord sees the heart. The Lord sees the heart, doesn't he? He says, okay, well, I see that you're listening, but you're only partially listening. And so there's some things that you need to know I know. There's some things that you need to know I see that are not okay, and I want to talk to you about those things. As a quick aside, I think, um, I think often... Often we can come to Old Testament scripture and think of God as grumpy or vindictive or mean or angry. Uh, we, we, just, we, we, we have this. There's, there's this culturally, there's an echo. Wherever you speak to a non-Christian about the God of the Bible, the Old Testament God of the Bible, they go, oh, wasn't he just moody all the time? Wasn't he just angry? And I think, no, we would do ourselves a favour, friends, I think, if we learnt to read the Old Testament knowing that God is a father, to a people he loves. 
He's a father to the people he loves. As a father myself, a very imperfect father, I love my children. But there are moments where I'm stern. There are moments when I'm strict. There are moments where punishment is absolutely appropriate because of their behavior. And it's because of love. The God of the Bible, the God of the Old Testament, it wasn't just a moody, angry God. He was a father. He was a father to a nation he loves. He's father to his people in this room. And so he cares. He cares very, very deeply about how we walk following him. Not that we might attain to a standard. We can't attain to a standard. But, but that we might endeavor to live in a way that honors and lifts high and praises and glorifies his name. If you're a parent in the room, you'll know if you've had children. When I was in year six, I went to uh, France on a school trip. I know. Uh, that was a pretty special moment in my life. Um, I don't know. I, maybe none of you had the same uh, wonderful adventures as me. Some of you, maybe you went to the Caribbean. Maybe your school just had a bit more money. I don't know. Um, but there are moments in our lives as parents where we send off our children and maybe it's for a few days. Maybe they just went and had a holiday with their cousins for two weeks. And you had a wonderful time just living leisurely and all of those things. And then you find when you pick up your child from said holiday, school holiday, um, vacation somewhere, um, uh, they come home and you realise <laughs> uh, to your great despair there are some things that they've picked up along the way and you think, <laughs> I did not teach you that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that behavior. Um, well, I think there's a, there's a, similar, there's a similar thing. We, what we do, uh, hopefully we, we do it with much love and patience, uh, but what we do with our children when we have them home after these things, and I'm sure what probably happened to me when I came back from my uh, year six holiday in France was my parents... Uh, subtly, very subtly and gently went to work thinking, <laughs> Phil, you've picked up some bad habits. Um, uh, we're going to address that. We're going to smooth that off again. Uh, we're going to make sure that that's not a habit that stays in the house. And, you know, we come under wonderful guiding discipline uh, that helps us grow into better people. That's the ideal scenario. Um, essentially, the same thing's happening. The Lord is concerned with his people. He doesn't just, he doesn't just want lip service. Um, we, we do this as, as parents as well. I appreciate the, the analogies this morning. are all parenty at the moment. But um, if, if I say to my children, it's time to get ready for bed, and they, uh, they're doing something that they really like, um, I might get five seconds of obedience Oh, can, can you just quickly tidy up, tidy up the lounge. Quickly, I'll help you. Let's tidy up the lounge, and then we're going to go upstairs, get ready for bed. And, um, and you're, you might get a flurry of activity, busyness. I oh, know, I'll, I'll you know, pick up that pencil, and oh, the pencil case is over there, and it goes in the cupboard over there. But, uh, oh, that paper airplane looks fun. I'll just drop that over there. <laughs> and, and they do this thing where you have kind of partial obedience, but not full obedience. What they're doing is... <laughs> is that they're basically ignoring you whilst trying to make it look like they're listening to you. And, um, and I think a similar thing is going on. You know, in a, in a much more 
serious way, um, the Lord has said, I'm not just interested in, in, in you doing the task. I'm interested in your heart. I'm interested in, your, in, in you listening to me. And so that's where we are today. This is the context. This is where we are today. And the third, third speech that Haggai brings to the priests is an issue of holiness. He talks to the priests about holiness. And so verse, we'll pick up verses 12 to 14. We've read them already, but it says, If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches uh, with the fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Obviously, it doesn't become holy. Then Haggai said, If someone um, who is unclean by contact with the dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? And the priest says, Well, yeah, it does become unclean. And Haggai said, So it is with this people. And with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean, as they come and bring sacrifices to the Lord. In the Old Testament, when you came to bring an offering to the Lord, quite often what you'd offered, uh, some of it would stay there, and some of it you could bring home. Some of it you could bring home to eat. Um, And so... The, the, the question that Haggai is putting forward to the people is just because something has been offered to the Lord and been, and, and been sanctified to the Lord is be given to them. Just because that object has been given to the Lord doesn't mean that you now who are carrying it or anything else, anything else that you touch becomes just as sanctified. No. No, it doesn't. So just because the remnant of Israel who had returned are now starting for the second time, I might add, to build the temple, to do the work, to listen, to, to, to be obedient to that which God's called them to do, does it make them holy? No. No. We're all very capable of doing good things. Um, I, can do, I, can, I, can, I can behave wonderfully at church and go home and be a tyrant. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a tyrant. But we can, you know, we can all... We can all do nice things and go home and, and our, you know, our heart's just not right. And, and it's clear as day and we know it. We know it. We're convinced. We know. I, do you know what I did this morning was just lip service. Or when I helped that person, it was just because I knew I should. My heart's not in a great place. We've all been there. Haggai emphasizes the point further and he says, well, according to the Old Testament ritual laws, if I touch the body of a dead uh, animal or something that's unclean, whatever I touch thereafter becomes unclean. Haggai's saying to the priests, guys, the Lord is concerned about holiness. The Lord is concerned about holiness among his people. He's called them. They are mine. They're my possession. I love them. They're my family, my sons and daughters. I'm concerned about your holiness. Why? Because he's holy. In the same way that we are concerned with our children's behaviour because we want them, this, and this is what it is, we want them to represent us well. We are convinced these are, these are some good ways of behaving. And so therefore I will teach them to you. And I expect that because you respect me as your parent and carer, you will adopt those and be like that. And therefore I am honoured. It's the same thing. How are you doing? 
in this issue of holiness. How are you doing? Uh, it's 1 Peter says, be holy as, as, as he who called you is holy. That, that, verse is, um, that verse comes from Leviticus. It's mentioned in Deuteronomy. Be holy as he is holy. Are you a bit like the Israelites who came back to the Lord? Uh, maybe your behavior outwardly is, um, is fairly good. Uh, but actually, inwardly, you know your heart's just, your heart's not good. Are you a bit like the Israelites? We have to check ourselves on these things. Maybe, maybe you know you're living a double life. You make a great Christian on a Sunday. You, you smile, and you're friendly, and you're welcoming. You know how to do church well. But Monday to Saturday, you're living a different lifestyle. Are you living a different lifestyle? Jesus isn't a killjoy. The Lord isn't a killjoy, by the way. If your lifestyle, you think, between Monday and Saturday is, is you know, that's where the fun is. I, I would, we can talk about this, but Jesus says, you know, fullness. Fullness comes from me. I'm not talking, of, I'm not talking about a bit of happiness here. You want fullness. Fullness comes from knowing me. Fullness comes from being with me. That's what Jesus said. Are you knowingly indulging in sin? Or just, or just quite plainly focused only on your own comfort and pleasure? Are you regularly watching pornography or stuck in a habit of masturbation, things like this? Are you looking for fun and release and freedom uh, from excessive drinking of alcohol just to escape? I'll just get drunk. Only a little bit drunk, but I'll just get drunk. That'll, that'll sort it. Or indulging in substances. You might think, well, that's not, that's not me. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't go that far. Do you know, in, um, in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, to the thief among you, don't, just don't steal anymore. I love that because I think, do you know what that shows? It shows that the gospel for everyone shows that the gospel, the love of God, the saving work of God is for everyone and anyone. I love that. If your issue is, I've got a habit of theft, Paul says, don't steal anymore. Among the church, wonderful. Why? Because God loves everyone and anyone who comes to him. Calls on name. Everyone and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? But he's concerned about some things. How's your heart? The issue is holiness, because your Father is holy. This one's more subtle, but what do you watch on telly? Do you, do you regularly just cruise through 18-rated movies? <laughs> um, there's, just, there's stuff on telly which we know is not good for our heart. I know, because I've watched stuff, and I think, ah... Oh, you know, that might have been, that, that, maybe that wasn't you know, really explicit, but that wasn't good for my soul. That wasn't good for my loving the Lord. That wasn't good for my heart. The Holy Spirit lives within me, and he, and he goes, oh, Phil, turn that off. That's rubbish. What are you watching? What do you spend your time indulging in? I want to just take a minute just for us to consider because, because the verses Haggai says, consider. The Lord says through Haggai, consider from this day onwards. So I want to just spend a moment. Just, um, 
which just reflect in your heart. Just give a minute. And I, want, I want us to consider. And I want us also to say, Lord, please purify my heart. So why don't we, let's just, this is an issue of holiness. So we'll be silent for a moment. Why don't you ask the Lord to speak? And to put his finger on anything that's in your heart that you think, ah, yeah, I shouldn't have given myself to that. We love you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you as well. Come and, come and touch our hearts. Come and go to work on our hearts. Come and show us what's not okay. And come and fill us and give us strength. Those things that are in our minds at the moment. Forgive us, Lord. We want to honour you, Jesus. Verse, I want to look at verse 15 through to 18, and it says, Now then, consider from this day onwards. Before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there was but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you, and all your produce and your toil with blight and mildew and hail, yet you didn't turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onwards. Before the twenty-fourth day, uh, from the twenty-fourth day of the month, as um, as Luke mentioned a couple of weeks back about blessings and curses, we read in the Old Testament. Um, these these were real. That's how the Lord would deal with His people if they honoured Him, and it's how the Lord would deal with His people if they didn't. Um, that's how things were under the Mosaic law. And um, I want to, so Luke wonderfully and very rightly uh, persuaded us to, to realise, persuaded us, showed us the truth. And the truth is we live under a different covenant. Hallelujah. Praise God for the blood of Jesus who paid the ultimate debt. But we live under a different covenant. But that doesn't mean that there aren't ramifications for living, living in a way which just doesn't please the Lord. What are those ramifications? Well, quite often, you know, if, if, if we do that, it's, it's, I don't know the same peace in my heart. I don't know joy in my walk with God in the same way. These things, when we live in a way which displeases the Lord, we experience a kind of a barrenness. And it's not the Lord saying, I'm going to leave you and forsake you. The Lord said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But it is... If, if you're going to walk into that stuff, you're not going to know the joy of your salvation in the same way. If you're going to walk into that stuff, you're not going to know the peace of God in your heart in the same way. It's, it's, it's obvious. In the same way that if I don't prioritise the relationship I have with my wife I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I drift away from her, I no longer get to enjoy the benefits of her wonderful uh, character. Um, rubbing off on me, helping me, her kindness, influencing me, her gentleness helping me to be a better husband. When we come out of relationship with one who is good and, and we live in the world where the world, is not, the world doesn't go the same way, 
It doesn't want us to do the same things. It wants you to do very different things, things that don't honour the Lord. And when we live in a world which is under the sway of the evil one, the devil, guess what? He wants, he wants to pull you right away and to live a completely different lifestyle. In him, in him we can have peace. In him we have joy and hope and purpose. If those things, if you feel like those things are at arm's length, then I want to encourage you this morning. Come back to Jesus. Maybe you think, but I'm not, actually, I'm not quite sure what it is to put my finger on. Come back to Jesus. Just come back to Jesus. Come back to the Lord this morning. Draw close to him. We draw close to him, he draws close to us. That's what the promise is. James chapter 4, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Then we come to this beautiful verse. Verse 19. And bear in mind, not much has changed for the people. They've picked up tools again. They've gone, okay, we're going to be obedient. So they've got to work again. So not much, not a great deal has changed, not really in their hearts, but the Lord says, verse 19, beautiful. But from this day on, I will bless you. But from this day on, I will bless you. The heart of God and the glorious Son. That's what we're going to look at. That's where we're going. From this day on, I will bless you. Wow, look at the mercy of God. We looked at earlier how this holy meat, though it had been sanctified or offered and, and, and um, uh, given to the Lord, just because it had been sacrificed to the Lord in, and, and you're taking it home, the, the, the meat does nothing for you. It doesn't make you holy. It doesn't make anyone else holy. It doesn't make any, anything else holy. So nothing's changed. In fact, all we've learned is the only thing that's transferable, the only thing that is... Um, is, is what's the word I'm looking for? Infectious, if you like, is death. Oh, No. The only thing that seems to carry over is uncleanness. And he says, so it is with this people, every work of their hands. Why couldn't the, why couldn't the meat make anything else uh, clean by itself? Why can't any holy object by itself make anything else holy? Because by themselves, they are not holy. They're not holy. By them, in and of themselves, they, have, they, they don't have intrinsic holiness. In fact, nothing except God is intrinsically holy. He is holy. He doesn't put on holiness. He doesn't become holy. He is holy, holy, holy. Hebrews 10 verse 4 says, It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. They're a wonderful pointer that a sacrifice needed to happen and that our sin needs to be dealt with. But, but, but the answer isn't them. The answer isn't the, the, the animals or the things sacrificed uh, in, in that era. The answer is different. And this is the beautiful bit. The answer was Jesus, and Jesus was the sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. That's a serious, serious, serious thing, which we come to every Sunday... But friends, what a big deal. The Lamb, John the, the, the Baptist said, there's the Lamb of God who takes the sin away the sins of the world. 
Jesus. He pointed to a man. The God-man, Jesus Christ. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Staggering. The beautiful part is Jesus. The eternal Son from the Father. God from God. He is the only one. The Holy One. The only one because he is holy. Who is able able by himself to make clean those who put their trust in him. Praise God for Jesus. Amen. Amen. This, is, this is the one who in Matthew 8, he touched the man with leprosy and the man was cleaned. No one else, no, nothing else could do this. No animal sacrifice, we've read about that. Haggai says it doesn't work. The priests go, yeah, I agree, it doesn't work. Nothing else works. We can't become holy by ourselves. Jesus, he touched the man with leprosy. The man was healed, made clean. Wow. Jesus, in Luke chapter 8, he, he touches a woman. The woman touches his robe, doesn't he? Doesn't she? The woman with the discharge of blood. The woman who for years and years has just been cast aside. You're unclean. You can't be among us. You're unclean. And she comes to Jesus and he makes her clean. He takes her and, and, and Jesus is the only one who says, go in peace, your sins are forgiven. What? You can eradicate my sins. You can make me shame-free and guilt-free. Oh my goodness. Jesus is the only one. At the cross where he was horrifically in, hum in, a, in, a, in such a humiliating way, crucified, stripped naked, crucified to the cross, nailed to it. And he bore the full fury of the wrath of God, the Holy One, the one who was clean. The full fury of the wrath of anger from the Father was on the Son. That anger of God at sin, not because he's harsh, because he's holy, he's perfect. And so as you are angry when your children upset you, but you're not holy, he is holy. And so his anger was poured out on Jesus, the holy one. So that all of your unholiness could be dealt with. Once and for all. The psalmist says, as far as the east is from the west, they don't join. There's no east pole or west pole. They don't join. They don't come together. They never, they never meet. Your sin has separated you if you put your trust in Jesus. Your sin is separated from you. If you put your trust in Jesus, you're no longer sinful. He doesn't look at you and see, oh, you were sinful and you should be ashamed. No. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't deal with us like that. He says, come to me. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. The only one who can deal with our sin and take it away from us is him. And he says, not once you've learned how to be holy. He says, not once you've sorted yourself out. He says, it's when you come to me. And we read verse 19, from this day on I will bless you. It's not your merit. All of us have fallen short of the standard of God's glory. It's what Romans chapter 3 and chapter 6 say in slightly different ways. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Everyone in this room, you deserve hell because you're not good enough for him. But Jesus, look at Jesus. He says, from this day on, I will bless you. 
Oh, but I haven't been... Oh, you should have seen my last week. It doesn't matter. Come to me. From this day on, I'll bless you. And he says, when we come to him, he says, now be holy as I'm holy. It doesn't mean if we trip up in the future, he's going to hold it against us. We already know what perfect God's love, perfect love looks like. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Your, your, your sin is dealt with, past, present, and future. He says, now, but, but now be holy as I'm holy. Come and, come, and, come and honor me. Come and live for me. That's what Jesus says. So we live for him. So we live for him. And we, and we fumble along and we make mistakes along the way, but he says, come to me. I'd like to invite the band to return. We're going to respond. Um, the Lord is concerned with holiness. Not because he's a stickler for the rules, but because he's, because he's holy and, and we're his children. Because we're his children. Because he, because he loves, loves us so fiercely. Because he loves us that much, he's concerned about he's, he's concerned about us and how we walk and how we live. So maybe this this morning there's some things you want to just say sorry to the Lord for. Some things you want to just say, Lord, I want to put that down again. Why don't we? Why don't we do that? As the band lead us, we'll take communion shortly, but why don't we, why don't we do that? If, you, um, if you're not a Christian here, what you've learned this morning, or heard this morning, is that there's, there's a way to be clean. <laughs> there's a way to have your guilt taken away, to be rid of your shame. And, and it's through the Saviour. There's not many saviours, there's one Saviour. There's not many truths, there's only one truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Come to Jesus this morning. If you want to put your trust in Jesus for the first time to make you clean, to bring you back into relationship with God, to put him first, who is worth putting first, because he's the Lord, then why don't you come to Jesus? And why don't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I recognize you are the Lord. Lord Jesus, I've lived a sinful life and it's not brought me life. Jesus, I thank you. You died on the cross to take away and deal with my sin, my shame, my guilt and to take it away from me as far as the east is from the west. So Jesus, I want to put my trust in you this morning. And I want to live for you from this day onwards. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer with, with, with me this morning, I would love it if you came and talked to me about it or talked to the person you've come with, find someone who looks friendly enough to speak to and tell them that you've put your trust in Jesus. If, um, if you are a Christian, let's respond. Let's worship him. Let's, let's come, consider from this day on. Consider from this day on. Because 
from this day on I will bless you, says the Lord. Let's come to him and say, Lord, here I am. Make me clean again. Let's worship.